What if it's not too late? What if you truly can retire confidently? I'm Telton W. Hall, certified financial planner and best-selling author of The Secure Solution, creating a high-quality retirement in a low-interest rate world. My team and I have engaged in thousands of retirement planning sessions with middle and upper middle class Americans, people like you with their own unique fears and families and their own messes and their own successes. And they have done just that, retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. I have a guest with me today. I'm super excited to get to do this interview. On the the podcast with me today, I have Matt Eschler. Are you there, Matt? I'm here. How are you? Wonderful. I'm super excited, particularly because we get to have a conversation, and I am absolutely convinced that my listeners are going to benefit from Anything that we talk about, especially anything you talk about, super excited. That it'll be fun no matter what. No matter what. <laughs> Wonderful. Let me give my audience a, a quick introduction on you. Then we'll jump in to story time. Sounds good. So Matt is a he received his PhD in psychology. In addition to his doctorate degree, he's earned a master's in marriage and family therapy. He actually received the first step, a Category 1 license as a peace officer, which he's told me just a, a little bit about that, a degree in, the, in arts of business management, and now he is the clinical director for how many offices do you have now, Matt? We got six clinics from Delta, Utah to Mesquite, Nevada. Wonderful. So six different clinics where bringing in therapists that Matt works with, helps train and, and, uh, and passes along his years of experience. And, uh, and then they turn around and help other folks. And, and he's a professor at Utah Tech University. So what do you think? What did I miss there, Matt? Because you know I missed five or six important things. What else would you add to your bio? If somebody's like, okay, like what does Matt do? Like how does he help people? What would you tell folks there just to give them a framework? Well, I think my claim to fame is literally I've got a wife of 33 years that still loves me. (laughs) I got three adult kids that come around all the time. I got two grandkids that come around all the time. And so family systems are my thing. I really love to work with families and keeping them tight and not letting any boredom or doldrums settle in, like create family experiences, create family intimacy, create couples experiences and couples intimacy. It's been a driving force in my life. And it's almost like, not to get weird on you, but it's almost like to me a calling to help families maximize their experience because it's not super organic. You don't fall in love and stay in love. You fall in love and then maintain the love by putting investment and putting time into it. And so I like to help people realize that so they don't like get bored and they don't get like dissatisfied because there's really not a lot of need for that. And I've seen that just so you know, um, the way that I met Matt is I actually have a sister that I have a lot of confidence and trust in when it comes to different coaching or therapy or thought work, whether that's books she recommends or, or, or a coach or, or a therapist that she, she suggested. I was visiting with her 
about some of my my thoughts around growing my business and I just I had always been convinced of the value of getting some kind of counseling as you're making decisions and helping helping folks navigate the thoughts that are in your head and deciding to, are they beneficial or are they really actually not helping you? So let's change those. And she said, you should go down and have a couple sessions with Matt. And that was a couple years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what started as a, a guy that has a very successful business has tremendous education and experience and expertise on mental strength and mental health. What's what started there with uh, with mostly business. Since then, my wife joins us most of the time, and it's been wonderful to work through. One thing that we've worked through is actually celebrating the successes. On this podcast, we talk about celebrating the successes and also being willing to talk about the messes, and Matt's just been fantastic to to help us accomplish that all along the way and he reviewed my book for me as uh, as I prepared to to present that to folks uh, Matt was willing to say you know what I I'll carve some time out of my super busy life to uh, to review that and give me some feedback and I wanted to get him on just because I mean think about how how many years have you been at this now Matt 35 years <laughs> 35 years. So he has a few stories under his belt about, particularly when it comes to marriage, where that's really his expertise. But finance, you know it has to. You know finance has to tie into that. So let's start there. Your take, after 35 years of experience, what have you seen finance tying in to relationships like just when I say that, what are some of the first thoughts or anecdotes that come to mind of this connection between money and marriage? You know, one of the very first things that that I noticed that I know all of your listeners have probably felt to some degree this thing that happens, and it's it's really family of origin stuff. And I'm not going to like deep six into family of origin, but we learn stuff from our families that we take into our marriage. And so many times couples come in fighting like high conflict over money. And largely it's because they both believe that money means the same thing to both of them. And it rarely does. For example, someone comes in with the idea that money means security. And the other person thinks that money is a tool to get stuff. And so you can see that that's a train wreck waiting to happen. But they rarely talk about what money means. They just argue about how they spend money. And if I can get them to unlock from the different judgments of how it's spent and communicate with each other, most husbands and wives will move mountains for the other if they just find that empathic piece of, oh, so when I spend money, you feel unsafe. Well, that's easier than you saying, stop spending money. Yeah. That makes sense. And so to get them to talk about what money means is like the number one job of a counselor. And probably as a financial advisor, the number one thing that you might see causing a bit of tension in your office is like they have different meanings about it. Like maybe one of them wants to put everything into a, an IRA with you and the other one, well, but I want a boat, you know, that might be a tough one for you to be caught in the middle of. So maybe a step is like, well, let's just talk about what money means here to you guys. I love it. I love that you bring that up. Because as part of our discovery process that, that we start with, particularly in the Retire Confidently program where folks are, are doing this, we're holding their hand, but they're doing it by themselves. That's really that first question that we have is, okay, just sit down with a, with a piece of paper or a laptop in front of you 
And let's just come up with two or three bullet points of what does money mean to you? And I, I'm coming at it just from the, from the practical standpoint where you just, you sit in so many meetings and help folks do that. And you realize, oh, we need to decide what money means to these folks. And then that's a springboard for moving forward. I love that you're coming at it from the, the psychology side and the expert side saying, oh yeah, cognitively that if we're, we're missing each other, not on purpose, but actually on accident, because we think the other person knows where we're driving and the other person thinks that they know, or that we know where they're driving. Amanda, the one that wants a boat thinks the other one just doesn't want to have any fun. And the one's thinking, I want to have fun, but not until I feel safe. And then the one that wants a boat says, we'll just feel safe. We'll, we'll, we'll work harder. And that doesn't feel safe to somebody that's a saver. And so once they really start to communicate, they can start saying, well, hey, maybe we can get a boat by next summer if we save this much between now and then. Now they're starting to negotiate middle ground. Until you get a couple to negotiate cultural differences from family of origin, and, and that sounded way too official, but the, the <laughs> stuff that they bring in from their old lives into the marriage has to be negotiated. It's rarely in sync. I love it. To just recognize that we probably come in with cultural differences from our family of origin and that that's not bad. No. Hey, if you didn't, you're marrying your sister. <laughs> if you have the exact same cultural from family of origin beliefs, you're marrying a family member. That's not cool. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> if Matt and I were having this conversation outside of my podcast, that's a story that would have ended up on my podcast. <laughs> if you don't have these differences, it means you're marrying your, your uh, sibling. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And so it's not a bad thing. It's it's just recognizing that that first step. And then yeah. from there, I mean, that's when kind of my geek side kicks in as I'm starting to think like, okay, well, how do we navigate that once we once we get it out all on a on a spreadsheet on 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 paper, now we can start to mitigate this need and navigate that yeah. and, and maybe yeah. and maybe find the the middle ground. I love it. I mean, you can always find a way to save and get a boat. It's just time now. Do we need to save 10 years before we can afford a boat, given the restrictions of, of what savings looks like to the couple? And couples are generally super reasonable if it's not like the non-boat person wants to have zero fun, and it's not like the boat person wants to bankrupt them. So they just got to find that spot. And if they never talk, they'll never find it. But if they do, then it becomes a time thing. How much time do we need? What have you seen? I want, I want to maybe the way where my mind went. So I want to shift gears just a tiny little bit is how about folks that are listening that are divorced or widowed? You certainly have expertise in that area. Are there any experiences or anecdotes that come up when you think about, okay, here's what we've applied and it's worked really well helping folks that are, that are married and here's the same concepts and how we apply them to uh, to somebody that's divorced or widowed. Tell, tell me if I'm heading the direction that you had in mind, but it's literally a person that's divorced and say, say it's a mom with three kids uh, on this side of the equation. And maybe over here, there's a, a husband that has uh, a, that's divorced that has visitation and child support to pay. That's a typical scenario. Literally, it becomes the same thing. Now, there's two trajectories that I want to just hit really quick. The first trajectory is for each of the individuals. They've got to 
basically behave just like a married couple, only as an individual, it becomes more a time and money budget. Like here's as a divorced person, I'm now maybe single mom raising kids, so I can't put in 50, 60 hours a week in a career because I've got these youngins to raise. And so I've got to decide, okay, what am I going to do budget-wise to like take the time I need with my kids and the time I need to generate some income to get my needs met and to get my basic housing, food, shelter needs met, and then maybe some vacation fun with the kids and birthdays and Christmas. But it literally becomes a really just a logical process of get out of the emotion and pain of the divorce and into the logic of, I got this much money coming in, so I've got this much time to budget for work and for kids, and this much time to budget towards saving for a future that's fun and that's also safe. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it makes sense why that can be so tricky to do because you're actually calling on somebody to get out of their own thoughts and over into maybe their own thoughts are understandably highly emotionally driven. And you're asking them to say, okay, like I, we recognize those thoughts are there. Now let's switch over and now let's, let's just go straight logical and start to actually line out what, what does this actually mean for us financially when it comes to our time and when it comes to our finances. And what's interesting is the, the first thing you said is they actually start the exact same place, meaning they need to decide what does money mean to me? What do I want to accomplish? But it's perhaps a little bit more difficult because that conversation unless they write it down, it's just happening inside their head. They don't actually get to have somebody that, to bounce that off of. Right, right. Not not negotiating certain things. It's more of a very personal, and I do suggest they write it down so that they can really see the black and white of here's, let's just pretend there is child support and there is alimony and there is a job for working for some income. Then there's a fixed income there. And it's going to be fixed based upon the amount that the divorce ordered plus the amount of hours you can get away with working while being a, a, a mom. And then on the dad's side, same thing. They have to like have time available for their kids. So they can't just you know move across the country for a high paying job if they want to be available for their kids. So there's all these different decisions that have to be made that are driven by how much time can I budget for my kids and how much money can I budget for their care and upkeep, as well as my personal going forward. Because there's no such thing as getting more wealth during a divorce. It's always cut in half. There's no other way. Like the thought that I can get a divorce and make more money. I guess there might be somebody married to somebody that just blows money gambling. You know, I guess there's something there. I've seen that. But most often you've got to plan on a, a deficit from where you've been financially if you divorce. I, I think it's super realistic. And it's helpful to know that, that you've seen folks work through that. And that it's not a, a dead end, but you've seen them come out successful. And, and it does make sense. We're talking about if you're on your own, how, what are the steps that you take? Obviously, having somebody like you going to visit you or, or one of your team, obviously us on the financial side or using the Retire Confidently program, where now you're not alone. You've got some hand-holding along the way. Obviously, that makes sense. But if you're doing it yourself, then that's the place to start is you have to write down those core values, what you want, and then... Not only do you budget out the finances, but you logically and methodically actually budget out the time. And that that's just, that's the nature of the beast at this point. It is. And, I, and I'm telling you, the painful part of a divorce is we get caught. I see person after person get caught in the high emotion of how you know, horrible a divorce process is. Even if you're choosing it, it's still not a 
not a happy process. And to get caught up in, well, it should be this way and it should be this way is just going to kill you. It's what can you get ordered by the decree, which is a judge's job to hear both parties and order something. And there's some equations that are very tight. You just, there's something coming. And then how much time can I give to building financial security versus how much time is required by my kids? And it becomes a little budget management, not an emotional process. And then once you get all mad, get all as, as emotional as you can be inside of it. There's just no use screaming about what should be because it's not going to help anything. That's so powerful. I mean, sometimes it's not what we want to hear, but that's why we need to hear it. And I think a widow or widower, uh, somebody who's lost their you know, their spouse or their loved one, it would I think it would probably fall into the same type of situation. Yeah. Same type. I'm going to throw one more thing on in the case of a death. And this is just, uh, Telton, you probably have more horror stories than I do. But what I do notice is that there is often some death insurance payout. And there's often some kind of benefits that could come to a widower or widow that people will crawl out of the woodwork with expert advice in how to spend it and ask to borrow it and ask for just a little bit here and a little. And I've watched more elderly people that have lost a loved one be so in grief stricken that they just, their money just gets away from them. And then it's a mess and everybody feels bad, but it's still the money spent. And so it doesn't matter how many nephews feel bad for borrowing and can't pay it back because they had a great business idea. So I suggest if you're of a certain age that you're really starting to concentrate on this death benefit and really kind of set yourself up for retirement and for the what ifs. Also have a trusted advisor or counselor that you can go to, to keep your head clear when all of the people crawl out of the woodwork with ideas for what to do with your money. Because while you're breathing, you're not going to make good decisions for about a year, really. And you need that year of somebody saying, don't do that. Don't do this. I think it's really helpful, though, just to have your insight on that, where you've sat with these folks as they've gone through this and and been able to see the impact that it makes to have somebody that helps you get clear in your decisions and get clarity around your thoughts. And I, I, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. That was even the whole design of the Retire Confidently program is that in the end, it's clarity that's really the key. Like people think it, it, that it's, how much they make or how much they've invested and all of that's important. But the first step is clarity. That's really the key because then your mind can go to work on it. So I appreciate you bringing up just having somebody in your support network where you can get a lot of clarity around that. Hey, Telton here. Did you ever listen to a podcast and realize that there was so much good information that you needed to take time to actually digest what you have just heard. Well, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you a week to digest what Dr. Matt Eschler and I have just talked about, and we'll pick up the rest of the conversation in next week's episode of Retire Confidently Podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, then do it now so that the second the next part of this episode publishes, You will have it ready and waiting for you. Thanks. I'll talk to you again next week. 
Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code podcast, podcast, all caps. You're going to be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook, your confidence towards your retirement, and make thousands, ten thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement. Don't miss this. Take advantage of it right now. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. Click sign up. Use the discount code PODCAST in all caps. And for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.